Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. This is Joe Lynch. Thank you for joining me today. Today's topic is five challenges to expanding into Latin America with Demo Prez. Welcome, Demo. Thank you for having me, Joe. Thank you so much. For those of you who've listened to my podcast in the past, you might remember Demo was on before talking about talking about Panama, where Demo is located. So, Demo, before we go any further, introduce yourself and your company and where you live. My name is Demosthenes Perez. Everybody call me Demo. I work for IPL Group, a company I co-founded, and also I'm the chief commercial officer, a company that helps global companies to expand their businesses in Latin America through the Panama Logistics Platform. I live in Panama and work over here also. Nice, nice. For those of you who've listened before, you might know that Demo is the expert on Panama. He really gave me uh, quite the education over the last five years I've known him. And hopefully he's going to share some of that with us today. So Demo, tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you go to school? What'd you study? And how did you end up co-founding IPL Group? Well, I'm I'm born and raised in a country, in a a small town here in Panama called Chitre, where I went to, uh, to school also. Then I moved to Panama City just for supporting a uh, friend, and he was starting a business, and uh, he needed some help. And I just came a couple of weeks to help him, and I ended up in logistics supporting him. He got a contract with Federal Express at the time. I'm talking about 20, 22, 23 years ago. And uh, I get in love with this uh, industry, so since then I have been uh, really involved on all logistic-related matters. Uh, I spend over 20 years in a company called Logistics Services, working exclusively for global companies. And so I get a lot of experience, work at over 200 regional uh, distribution projects for global companies, which have uh, gave me a lot of experience. And now I'm an IIPL company I founded with my partner, business partner. And now we are using all the experience we have to support this uh, new business coming into the region. Excellent, excellent. So, demo today's topic is five challenges to expanding into Latin America. And I know you're an expert in that because you know all about Latin America. But before we get into Latin America, let's define what Latin America is. When somebody says Latin America, I don't think they realize it's an enormous market. But what are some of the countries down there that we should know about? Well, Latin America should be viewed in a very wide way because you have big markets like Mexico, Brazil. You got mid-sized markets like Argentina, Chile, or Colombia. Then you have smaller markets, and then you have very tiny markets. So it's a very complex area in terms of the size of the markets from the business perspective, right? Yep. Demo, if I could add something to that, is if you look at some statistics for the way the Latin American market's growing relative to the rest of the world, if you look at the largest economies in the world in 2050, they project it to be China and the U.S., India and Brazil and Mexico. And That's really shocking considering how fast those areas are growing. But I think also where some markets in Europe and the U.S., North America are not growing fast, they're kind of mature markets, Latin America has a lot of growth potential. So there's going to be a lot of companies that are going to want to move down there in the next 20, 30 years. 
Yeah, and the main reason for having Brazil and Mexico there is because of the manufacturing capabilities that they already have and they are start building, uh, especially with all what is happening worldwide right now. So they will grow up all the, the manufacturing capabilities, infrastructure to support the markets in this hemisphere. Excellent, excellent. So demo, let's talk with these challenges. So what's the number one challenge companies face when they want to expand into Latin America? Man, the first challenge, I think, is that what we already mentioned, the complexity of the market, because it's not a one market, it's 30 countries market. And all those countries have uh, different cultures. There are different languages spoken on those countries. Even if we speak the same uh, Spanish language in, in the major of the countries, we use like dialects in every country. So that makes right. complex, you know, to understand and take a, on the cultures. There are many different cultures in the politics, you know, uh, it's a complete difference between one country and the others. If you put that times 30 countries, it's a very complex market. Right. So I think we have the big countries like Brazil and Mexico, very large markets. If you're going to expand to those countries, you might want your own footprint there. But what you're talking about is these other countries, which might be the Caribbean. A lot of Americans travel, uh, Europeans, a lot of us would know the Caribbean because we've been there. Then we talk about Central America, North America, South America. And what you're saying is each one is like they're all countries. They have their own culture. They have their own customs. The dialect of Spanish might be different. The different federal regulations, different holidays. So when somebody says, I want to expand into Latin America, you really need to consider the complexities that go with that. You're not expanding to one place. You're expanding to 30-some. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember years ago, Demo, working with you, and we listed from research we did 40 countries <laughs> that were Latin America. And then, you know, just when we were time, we say 30-some. And it's that complex where I think you could argue over what countries are actually Latin American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is that you have very, very small, small market, like the islands, for example. There are very, very, very small islands with very few population, and you have huge markets. And it's all under the same umbrella, right? So that makes all this complexity. Yep. So what are the biggest markets besides Mexico and Brazil? I need to say Colombia, Chile, Guatemala, the Dominican Republic. You got Ecuador, Peru, and you still have Venezuela, which is a, it's a big market. Of course, I have a lot of problems right now, but it's a market that will come back. And it's very interesting, you know. And you go to Central America, you have Guatemala, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, of course. And there are all that, you know, the other islands like Jamaica, Trinidad, and Barbados. You know, all those are islands. It's a lot of different places. Demo, I remember years ago when you were still at Logistics Service Panama, I remember you said one day to me, I lost all my business in Venezuela. And I was like, how can you lose all your business to Venezuela? And you say, they just don't order anything anymore. I said, how, what I remember you said, we ship like peanut butter and bread and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how do they not order that anymore? <laughs> now I understand why. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. We hope that they will come back stronger. And uh, it's a very important market. And it's, uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the number one challenge that you just got covered is this idea that there's all these different countries with all these different requirements. And so if you, when you're expanding into Latin America, you're expanding into all those different countries and it's complex and it's hard. So what's the second big challenge that you see when companies are expanding into Latin America? 
Well, I think that when you come from a big market like the U.S., your attitude probably is based on, on other kinds. So in Latin America, it's different. For the same reason, we are so divided in countries and cultures and all that. So it's, it's not the same, right? You cannot think the same as a big market for, you know, all these small markets. Yeah. So demo what you're saying. I agree. We talked a little bit offline about this. If you're coming from, let's just say the United States and you say that's 330 million people in this market and it's pretty much homogenous, right? Meaning what I sell in the South, I more or less am going to sell in the West and in the East and in the North. And I mean, there's some regional differences, but not very many, not compared to what I might experience when I'm expanding into Latin America. So it kind of, this is a little bit like the first point, but if you're coming from the U.S. perspective and you say, boy, I'm going to get into Latin America and it's an enormous market, eh, you've got to worry about every little country. And so the whole idea that what I deliver to California, I think I can deliver to New York. But when I get to Latin America, I'm going to find out, no, that's not the case. They're going to want different tag on that. They're going to want a different Fed reg. They're going to want a different box, maybe even a different language, right? Yeah, and also you need to take into consideration that there are different climates, for example. On the region, we have tropical countries, you got more cold countries, or the different part of the year, you know, the seasons. I have a story here. A company I used to work for many years ago, they were opening the market in South America, especially in Chile, and they make this regional plan for Latin America, and they ended up sending flip-flops to Chile in the middle of the winter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, well, Demo, that's a little bit of the problem, I think you, again, it's, it speaks a little bit to the attitude. And I, I suppose Europeans have similar attitudes. When you think of Latin America, again, somebody says it's, got the Caribbean. Well, okay, that seems warm. Panama seems warm. I don't think about <laughs> I don't think about it being cold anywhere in Latin America. I know it is, but we have the equator down there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very different and and having that knowledge, it's it's not easy. Yeah, we demo up here, we can hardly keep track of our own states, let alone 30 some new countries that we have to worry about down in Latin America. So, demo, so number 1, a lot of countries. Number two, if you're bringing your attitude to a big homogenous market like the U.S. down to Panama, you're probably going to be in trouble. So what's the number three challenge you see for companies expanding into Latin America? The other challenge I see is that having that attitude, for example, is to pretend to have local inventories in each of those countries instead of having a regional D.C., to support those countries. Because having those local inventories will bring a lot of challenges, another challenges, which will be from the finance point, for example. All those inventories will be your accounting books for many times. You will be planning based on a forecast made on probably not the best scenario or the uh, or your idea. But the difference of having those local inventories instead of having a regional one will be that you can react. So when, so if you think about this, I want to expand, and let's just say I'm selling flip-flops, hopefully not in the wintertime, and I decide I'm going to ship to 30-some countries, and I'm going to ship, I'm going to put local inventory, maybe a warehouse in each location. As I expand, I got to connect with 30-some warehousing companies across the region, and I have to get my inventory put into those warehouses, right? 
So that's one way I could do it. And what you're saying is, no, 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 you're going to be screwed up on that. Instead, get regional inventory. Put my, so I like to have a distribution center one place. And I think what you're going to tell me is there is only one place, Panama. <laughs> of course. And there is no, it's a no-brainer decision. Because having that capability of putting your inventory in a centralized place with the lower cost possible, for having that, you know, with the more agile logistic platform to support all those market needs, your business will have a better footprint to expand. Because with the capability of managing the, all that product and reacting to whatever happened in those markets, again, we don't know how a market will respond to a product launch. We don't know right. that. Right. So when I say, I think I'm going to sell about a hundred a month of my flip-flops in Ecuador, and I think I'm going to sell 50 a month in Chile, and I'm going to sell 20 a month in, say, Kits. I'm just kind of guesstimating. I'm trying to come up with a good estimate. And if I start moving inventory to each one of those local markets, if they don't sell, there's going to have to be some sort of, you know, have to dispose of obsolete or send it back or move it. And the challenge is I don't have very many options when I'm in that position. And what you're saying is keep the regional inventory, keep it in Panama, and as needed, close to the market, close to the customers, I can ship more inventory as I need it. So what you're saying, Demo, is have a regional DC, just like we would here in the States. So regional inventory that's close to customers and not have local inventory in every country. Yeah, it's the most wise move you can make from the financial point of view, from the uh, market growth point of view. Because you say send back the product if you don't sell it, that's almost impossible. Moving out a product that you already imported will cost you a lot. I have many, many cases and stories about products that have been put in the market by a mistake or by a bad planning and ended up being destroyed because yeah. moving out is almost impossible. Yeah, Demo, also talk for just a minute about the value-add services that they might want to have for each one of those regions or each one of those countries. Well, that's very important, Joe, because having all these different cultures and as consumers, you know, we are shaped because of our culture and also the politic differences will require different customization of products from the government point of view and from the consumer point of view. So the same product, you may be, you got this uh, mass manufacturing for product, but you may need to customize the packing, the language outside, probably the brand. I have many different cases in the story that companies cannot register the same brand they have in a country in other brand, in another country because it's already taken or the name of the company, whatever. So there are many differences. So the need of a value-add service in the last leg of the transportation is really, really important and will add a lot of value to the business. Yep. So bottom line, get a regional DC. And I think you said to me when we were talking about this offline demo is that, in effect, Panama is the ultimate DC. It's the distribution center. So we're all very comfortable with distribution centers up here or fulfillment centers in a way like we, what you are is when I expand into Latin America, Panama is the DC. Yeah, I, I love it. The ultimate DC, you said. That's I will put that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So continuing on, what's the number four challenge to expanding into Latin America? 
Well, when companies are trying to get into this market and they don't know and they understand the differences of that, they will go to find distributors for the product. They believe that that's the best option. And we say having distributor is a challenge also itself because that distributor will probably have other brands in the in the same line of products. Those distributors will, you know, if they will start performing those value-added services in country they need, you know, they will you have the warranty they follow all the quality requirements of your brands, and, and because they will go, they will try to make a lot of money, all the money they can on making these services the cheaper they can. And also, another thing I have seen many, many times is the assortment of products. They will try to sell the products that they get more, the biggest margin. So they won't, right. they won't have the complete assortment of your products, and that will damage your brand, right? Yep. So what you're saying is, so I could hire a distributor in every, maybe in the region or even a, a local country. And the problem I see with the distributor is they're going to mark it up and then they're going to sell it to a retailer. So there's a big markup in there and then potentially big markup. And then you can't control what a distributor does. They might say, we're going to bring your competition. We sell your competition's product and your product. And you just mentioned value-added services. So if it needs a separate tag to be sold or a separate packaging or labeling, some product modification, you're counting on the distributor to manage that. And potentially, it's not their main business. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little harder to control a distributor. I've heard that over time for anybody who's expanding into a new market is, yeah, you bring on a distributor. And sometimes it can be a, a hard relationship to manage. Yes, and companies should focus on the end customer. Could be a retailer or could be, you know, a direct customer. But if they focus on develop those relations and avoiding have that middleman, they can do better. They can get more profit. And for that, of course, they, they need to have this very well set up. Nice, nice. So demo, what's the fifth and last challenge to expanding into Latin America? The UC. Yeah, it's completely related to the other one because you need to find the right partner, the right 3PL in Latin America to support you in this business growth and expansion. You need a partner that have the best network in Latin America, meaning that not only having a office or a partner in the specific country, but assure to have the best one. And for that, this partner needs to have the knowledge in the market the experience doing business in these regions for years. This partner should have the technology, the capacity to interconnect their systems with yours or the companies located in the U.S. or Canada, Europe, or Asia to monitor in a 24-7 real-time operation. Right. Demo. So what you're saying is I totally agree. You need a partner down there. And ideally, it's a 3PL. And I'm sure you know of one. (laughs) And what you're saying, so if we're here in the U.S., a big part of our perspective when we pick a 3PL is service area and carrier network. I want to make sure the 3PL that I bring on can manage all my freight throughout this huge country. And you have the same concerns when going down to Latin America. I need somebody who's got a carrier network. It might not be trucks, but it's going to be maybe trucks if you're going uh, close by, but more likely going to be boats and planes, right? Yeah, and boats and planes and trucks and customs agents and uh, last mile. And multiply that for the the amount of countries. It's it's pretty hard for a company that doesn't know the region to get something like that. So that's what we do. We mainly use the network we have. And sometimes that network means that it's not only one 
partner per country, maybe it's two, depending on the kind of products. The good thing about having people that know exactly what is going on is that they will pick the best option for the kind of business you are in. Because it's not the same distributing oil and gas products and or consumer electronic products. Probably those yeah. may require specialized people in the countries. So that's the benefit of working with a company like IPL Group, because we have that. We have developed that for over 30 years in this market. Yep. So demo, again, we got to pick the right 3PL. And again, not knowing the region, this is a marriage, not a date. You really have to understand who you're working with, and they better understand that region, and they should be in the region. And I like the idea that you said before is, You got to have expertise in all those countries that you're delivering to. You have to have partners in every one of those countries. So if you don't have a carrier network and relationships with all those different customs teams, you're really at a big disadvantage. For sure. For sure. So I'm going to summarize this demo. Then I want to talk a little bit about Panama before we wrap up. So you said, Demo, there's five challenges to expanding into Latin America. First off, it's just the sheer number and the complexity of Latin America. 30 some countries different fed regs, different customs, different cultures, different dialects, different holidays. Everything's different. And and somebody needs to help you understand that piece. Second is American attitudes. You know, I'm sure we're so used to this large homogenous population that we serve, 320 million people, 330 million people. We get used to that. And what we don't realize is we expand in Latin America. Again, there's those 30 some countries and I have to modify the way I'm doing business. And Number three, you said local inventory versus regional inventory. I have to have my inventory as close to the market as possible and ideally in a regional DC. Next, you talked about middleman and the excessive cost that comes with distributors and potentially lack of control in that relationship. Number five, you talked about finding the right 3PL. The right 3PL who has the right partners, the carrier network, the whole shebang, the product knowledge that allow you to expand into that market. So Demo, before we break this off, Tell us a little bit about why Panama is the ideal location for companies to, to kind of a foothold into Latin America. Well, I should start saying that Panama was built on real distribution as a country. We got the Panama Canal, which is the backbone of our logistics platform. That specific asset gave us a unique advantage in the complete hemisphere, which is having all those ships moving cargo across the country in a daily basis. So we got all those ships coming from the the biggest manufacturing points in the world and going into those smaller markets. So we already have the frequencies of servicing. And also we have one of the most well-connected airports in Latin America. Before you get to the airports, Emma, I want to kind of reiterate, for those of you who might have forgot your history and your geography, the Panama Canal was built, what, uh, 100 years ago, Demo? Yeah, it started operations in 1914. Yep. So it was built to connect. So there's that small strip of land. You used to have to go all the way around South America if you wanted to go from California to New York by water. You would have to go all the way around South America. Then they cut the Panama Canal, which connects the Pacific to the Atlantic. So Panama, from its very beginning was a strategic location. That's why they put the canal there. And even before they had the canal there, I think they moved the product across land because <laughs> it was faster than going around South America. So from the very beginning, and also obviously the U.S. had 
control over the Panama Canal for many years. So Panama and the U.S. are kind of joined at the hip and always have been. So for American companies expanding into Latin America, Panama is going to seem like your home away from home. Yeah, because we need how to work with U.S. companies and global companies. We exactly understand what they're looking for, how they, they communicate, what are the expectations on service levels. So that, that brings a lot of advantage because there is no other hub like this. So I, that's why I love what you said, the ultimate DC, because all these components together, you know, the frequency, the experience, the connectivity, the currency, we use the U.S. currency since 1904. So we don't have a different currency. So doing business here is very easy for global companies. Yeah, I know a lot of global companies, especially a lot of U.S. companies, are based if for their Latin America operations are based in Panama. And how many people live in Panama, Demo? Four million, a little more probably. And it's like the United Nations of countries. You have so many different cultures and languages. Uh, yeah, a lot of, it seems like a lot of speak English, which is good for us Americans. Yeah, Panama is the, is the melting pot because we, since we started the construction of the canal, people from all over the world came. So you will find people from all the cultures and religions and backgrounds and whatever. So it's a, it's a very, very interesting and unique country. Yep. And it's strategically located. So if you need to expand into Latin America, you guys are kind of the go-to country. And I should also mention kind of what some of the most productive canal, the most efficient canal in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So it's the ideal location. And again, I think for Americans, if you're looking to brush up on your history, go back and look at some YouTube videos on Panama and the canal and the relationship that Panama and the U.S. have always had. Very interesting. So, Demo, tell me, as we wrap up here, tell me a little bit about IPL Group. Well, IPL Group is uh, our firm that started operations recently, but founded by logisticians by passion that for our driver is uh, customer service. And we have been working towards expanding the Panama Logistics platform for many years. And with this very strong network from Mexico to Argentina, using or having the best partners in each country give us a very strong value proposition. And all this supported by technology, cutting edge technology from the uh, warehouse management systems, from planning uh, system, from control tower systems. So we have all, you know, the flavors. Uh, yep. We're a company. And Demo, if I could add something, I think also what I like about you and uh, your partner, Daniel, is you guys are very, uh, for, you know, this I'm speaking from an American perspective, it might be a little different for Europeans or Asians or Canadians, but you guys understand how we do business here in the United States. So it's not as if there's a big learning curve when you go down to, you don't have to explain how we do business. You understand how business is done here, but you also understand how business is done in that whole region. And yeah. not everybody, again, it's, you're in a real disadvantage here as you try and expand to Latin America because, again, you can't be knowledgeable of all those markets. It's just not possible. Yeah, and we try to keep ourselves very well connected with the global supply chain industry. We belong to the biggest associations for many years, you know, CSCMP work, ICC, GS1. We are very involved in whatever is happening right now. We're starting a very interesting cross-border reverse logistics project which is very innovative, and you need to be aware of what is going on in the whole of the world and also have those strong relations in the region. So we believe that that's our key value for our customers. 
Excellent, excellent. So demo, I'm going to summarize these real quick and then uh, maybe get some final thoughts. So again, if the five challenges to expanding into Latin America is just the sheer size of the region and all the 30 some countries, hard to understand all the customs, cultures, fed regs, et cetera. Number two, if you're coming from a large homogenous market like those of us in the United States, sometimes it's hard to adjust your thinking. So that's a very important thing. You have to be able to adjust your thinking as you expand in Latin America, that there's a lot of different size markets and you're going to have to partner with someone down there. Next is the idea of local inventory versus regional. You definitely want regional inventory, ideally in Panama. Next, the idea of having distributors can sometimes be a challenge because you don't always get to control the distributor's behavior. So they can be add some costs and you lose some control. Number five, you said is finding the right 3PL. And you told us why they should pick IPL group. So <laughs> we made it easy for them. Less of a challenge. So demo, wrap this up. I want some final thoughts from you. Well, you know, and these times are really hard and especially with all the sanitary crisis we are living. Companies now need to get more agile need to avoid any extra cost and complexities from their supply chains. And they need to partner with people that really have the knowledge and experience to support their business growth. And that's what we're here for, to support all these companies that need help in moving their business or keep moving their business or changing the current footprint they have because they need to with all the restrictions we have right now for traveling, for a common phrase I hear uh, these days is freezing budget, freezing budget. So counting with a partner that you can rely, that you can trust your business is a key option, a key decision for every company to make. And that's what we're here for. Yep, demo. Picking a 3PL is important up here. And if you're in the United States and you're staying doing business in the United States, that 3PL can be so important in taking the time to pick the right one and understand your selection criteria, all that. Very important. It becomes even more important, though, as you go international, as you grow into Latin America. So if people have better choose wisely. <laughs> all right, Demo. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for this opportunity and uh, hope to get in touch, my friend. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.